This episode of Strange Assembly is brought to you by www.l5rsearch.com. L5rsearch.com is a comprehensive online L5R card database with tools to assist in optimizing your decks, proxying cards, or simply finding out about unusual cards. Once you know what you need, www.l5rshop.com puts cards in your hands quickly and economically. I'm Chris Stevenson, and this is Strange Assembly, Episode 70, Sought Off, Part 2. Never Stop Gaming. Strange Assembly is a podcast and website about board games, card games, and role-playing games. Legend of the Five Rings, and beyond. We're now in the Mantis, and you haven't heard this stuff before. I'm going to delete it because we had technical. Because it's it's going to sound really bad. Because we had worse than normal yesterday. Because we've had technical difficulties that were my fault, and then we've had human error from Mike not putting his headset back on. Look, uh, Mike's don't if, like each other. And, as, uh, <laughs> and as, as as bad as listening to me mostly talk at them, with them only occasionally interjecting <laughs> is, dead air where they're Ow. responding to me, but you can't hear it is even worse. It might have picked me up. It was on the table. Uh, I no, no you I am. That's all right. Yeah. Let me sum up the conversation you missed. Mantis scouts are bad. Brash is a bad keyword. And the Mantis scout in the set with Brash is especially bad. Yes. Right? You mean bad plus bad doesn't equal good? <laughs> Not usually, no. <laughs> yes, surprisingly, bad plus bad actually equals terrible. Not me- not good. Two yeah. wrongs don't make a right. Yes. Two rights made an airplane. You were saying, and, I, and we've commented, I agree, Mike, that yes, having overconfident and brash was a bad design call. There are two mechanics that are very, very similar to each other. I know they're identical. If they really wanted that mechanic, they should have just put overconfident on everybody. I feel like Brash should be something like they get to straighten somebody when you attack. Or if you wanted Brash to be what the old card Brash actually was, it would just be this you guy has to has attack, to attack yeah. every turn if possible. Right. That actually would have been interesting. Why didn't they make Brash that? Reese, get on it. <laughs> <laughs> Letting your opponent draw a card every time your guy attacks and playing as a military deck is the deck where it matters most yep. that yes. your opponent gets to draw, draw cards yep. is awful. It's an Terrible. enormous drawback, and they're on personalities that don't get much of a discount for it. Right. I guess I would rather that they not be overly aggressive in costing things since they seem to have been overly aggressive with this arc generally, but... Some of these brash guys are atrocious. Right. They were right. way too conservative with the first battle. You get like half a gold discount for giving your opponent two or three cards over the course right. of the game. Anyhow, so Mantis Scouts, um, they're bad, and they were they are bad, they were bad, they will remain bad. Have your a nice Mantis day. Scouts are bad and you should feel bad. <laughs> Best there the worst there was, the worst there is, the worst the worst there was. <laughs> so like the anti Bret Hart. I don't know about that, but I don't know if it's really the worst there ever was, because there's been some really yeah. awful stuff. Well, so but back uh, the they day? are pretty bad. It was a very bad wrestling. Well, I know it was the best. I, yes, I just, yeah. That's also the fact that you're wrestling people beating each other on the head with chairs. On the bright, on the, on the downside. Chair shot! On the downside, though, 
that T-shirt that Justin has is absolutely hilarious, and <laughs> we, and that T-shirt would not exist without yes. professional wrestling. So I guess that's it's the uh, the WWF. Got, yes, it's the, so it's the WWF which uh, sued the WWF wrestling people, and so the World Wildlife people beat the World Wrestling people, and the World Wrestling people had to change their name, and so you the World Wildlife uh, people's logo is two pandas. Oh, that actually, what it was was the scratchy WWF. How it was looked very much like the World Wildlife Fund. All they got was the WWF was the ruling against them. But since they couldn't use that, they said, "Okay, we're just going to change our name and take the F." Off. But uh, the so the you not got, that anybody cares. We'll give the F to you. I often get the F. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's fine. No, I have. I actually was involved in a posting about copyright and trademark and patent law with reference to CCGs and the Wizards patent and whatnot with somebody else on the board game. It's the Cardboard Jungle is their podcast and like post something about the patent. He's like, no, actually, Chris, Wizards has a copyright on the word tapping. And I'm like, no, they don't. No, they, don't. they have a they... patent. Here's the patent number. Let me quote the patent. I was right when I said there was a patent. Well, or at least and, uh, also... turning 90 degrees is something that Vegas fought them on it, I believe, because they use it for poker. It wouldn't cover poker because right. it's a patent for a trading card game, and so the tapping is only part of the trading card game mechanic. If you don't, ah. if you're not doing like randomized distribution, you don't fall into the patent anyway. Gotcha. I'm not saying that the patent is actually valid, by the way, if somebody fought it, but little bitty game companies are not actually going to fight about it. That's why right, you right. just once Wizards gets that patent in '97 or something, there's a, you you don't see people making trading card games that's tapping after that. There was actually uh, the Star Trek CCG when they when, when they did one of their a mini reboot after the game had languished for a little bit, and it was the the first Contact expansion, mm-hmm. and they introduced the Borg, and they introduced a countdown mechanic, which was something like it would have a like it would, it would be like countdown four, and in the rule sheet it said the way you mark and and when the countdown expired, the card would be you'd discard the card. And the way in the rules sheet that it said to track this was to rotate the card 90 degrees every time. And immediately after the set came out, they errated the rule sheet about how it was that you tracked that the card was counting down <laughs> to being like, put counters on it. Uh, <laughs> because they didn't want to risk wizards coming over and, and yeah. suing them. Because they will. Yeah, oh no, yeah, they, they would have. And, and, and L5R presumably would be covered on it, but of course, L5R was invented before that patent was registered, although they'd still be covered by it because it matters when you invented right. it, not when you right. registered the patent. Well, it matters for willfulness damages, but right. it, but whether or not you can do it, it doesn't matter that you're doing it before the registration. But of course, Wizards actually owned L5R, so I presume that at some point when it went back to Alderac, that included the rights that under the patent. Uh, that would be pretty dumb if it did. But yeah, yeah I mean, pl- there's, there's I don't nothing know. on here about under license, so. It's not the same thing as Netrunner. Android Netrunner says that right. under license from Wizards well, but, of the Coast. But, it actually but is it's, under it's license. the same game. I mean, yeah. yeah, and it's the same game. I, I don't know. Re- regardless, it came up in a thing about copying. Recently, you had Serlin Games released uh, a game called Flash Duel, which is basically you took an old Reiner Knizia game called On Guard and then add factions to it. Right. And then they released it as their own game. And there was some crankiness about it in the discussions, and I'm, but I'm glad that the board game industry does not try to go out and patent everything. Right. They probably pat- could patent some things, more. and and they they hardly ever patent everything. That's why the Wizards CCG patent was so weird. Right. Well, board gaming community typically is a lot more open. Yeah. Well, I'm glad. I mean, because if you think about the, there's like not the a whole lot of like money. This, 
like this Apple Samsung. So, like, right. I do yeah. Not, like, tech patents are out of control. They're, They're crazy. You're like, I'm suing you because it's a design. I have a design patent on the fact that my icons corners. have oh. rounded quarters. Are you kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> they, they, they lost their UK. Uh, yes, yes. Yeah. They lost yeah. the UK one. They were ordered by the one of the higher UK courts to post something. Post an apology. And so they're, good yeah, they're, well, their apology was a, gar- it was an apology like, yes, the UK court found that Samsung didn't violate because Samsung isn't cool and Apple is cool. And then. Well, no, it, it said, um, the United States and oh, Germany's it, court. It also points found that, that there was we were, were correct. Yes. And then the, the UK like, court. Are you stupid? Yeah, they're like, <laughs> try again, Apple. You've got 24 hours. We've got 48 hours to do that. We're going to need at least like two, two weeks. weeks to update the <laughs> And the judge is like, no. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Apple. Yeah, I, you know what? I have an iPod Touch and I like it. Tech is better when stuff is open and interacts. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yep. Yes. I mean, well, especially because there's a lot. In, once you get deeper into the software patents, there's a lot of things where. The patent office doesn't quite understand. You use misleading verbiage, so you patent things that oh, are incredibly common. It, it's worse. Yeah. Than, it's worse than that. Well, um, at some point, Amazon patented having like an online shopping cart. Yes, <laughs> it, well, uh, it, NPR, NPR actually had a um, a piece on this about how out of control the copyright is. Oh, it is. It, yeah. Well, it's the patents, not the copyright. Oh yeah, sorry, right? sorry, yeah, the patents. Yeah. yeah. And you can patent. There's there are literally holding companies that just have patents, so they can oh, try yeah, to sue big trolls, companies. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. No, there's a giant patent war going on right now between the various mobile phone makers, where they're like, "Well, we have these patents that are vital for the phone making. You have those patents that are vital for right, the phone this, making. This, this isn't even so. That. We'll let you use ours. If but you but let- there's there's Don't, at yeah, least some would... validity there. They're literally holding companies. All they do is just yeah. buy up patents. Well, and that wouldn't necessarily so be a problem people. if it was there's a legitimate patent out there, right? right. I mean. If there's a, right, if it wasn't all this ticky tack bizarre stuff, then I mean there is somebody out there who, if somebody out there, some small guy, he maybe holds a patent. He's never going to realize that Google is infringing on his patent or something. And so, maybe in an ideal world, he would realize that and he'd go to Google and say, "Hey, Google," and Google would be like, "Well, gosh, you're right. I guess we should license that from you." But But, but he's never going to. So you get a. But the problem is that the the companies buy up and have all sorts of stupid things. That stupid patents that well, maybe well, they're infringing on, but well, the dumb patents. It's not even that. It's like literally th- they went and searched for this one patent. And they're like, okay, well, this is like it's a very generically written. And then he went and had software that went to look for other patents that had like similar things. And he found 15 other things that had the exact same patent. Like they're very vaguely written and they don't really check them against oh, yeah, each other because they don't have time. It's. But they're they're looking at reform. Anyway, yes. probably should Welcome go on to with the L5 Strange R. Assembly <laughs> uh, Technology Patents uh, Forum. We Let's got see. two tech Next geeks caller, and, a, uh, and a lawyer here, so, you know. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's sad that I don't count as a tech geek anymore. Next color, please. Have you tried turning it off and on again? <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, bees. Bees, yeah. So we have Katsune Marihiko soon to be getting an experienced version as the advisor to the Ivory Champion because Trevor won both the honor event and the, the tournament. For his honor costume, he dressed as Ayamari, yeah, the Mantis Kenku Ninja. I actually got an email from Sean about that. This is just, it appears in art. Sean has actually said that he would rather quit L5R than have to write a story that featured Ayamari in it. 
Because I, and I Amari came about, like, for people who have not been playing for years, there was an Imperial Herald vote. It was like, vote on a clan, vote on one of the anthropomorphic creature types, vote on one of the random keywords, and that's what came up. Mantis, Kenku, Ninja. I'm still not sure how Mantis won that vote, but there was some they vote to... Have, people off. Well, there was some effort for people to have it be a Kepo Ninja, so it would be a Ninja Turtle. Right. But well, they, well, they had uh, and that. there's a mutant now. And once we get to crab, yep. But yeah, so I think when he got to the uh, to picking the personality, he felt obliged to make a real choice rather than pick the dog. Given that uh, <laughs> <laughs> he was already being like, "Here's your honor contest with the," and, and I have to say, like, I generally am not a fan of the uh, silly prize choices at L5R, I always find it kind of depressing when you're at the tournament, and, 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 and half the people who are talking about the prize choices, it's sort of like, you know what would be hilarious? If we picked a small rodent to be an entire faction. Oh, wait. <laughs> uh, Squeak. <laughs> or an elephant to find something. But yes, the elephant yeah. to do this. Or it's, And it's not even like, oh, I think there would be some interesting, cool thing. It's like, yeah. oh, it would What's be, you know, it would be really dumb we could, we could make the story yes. team do? I think that Dance monkeys. A, a shame, but I. So honestly, I'm not. I mean, I am not particularly, in a general theory, not sympathetic to the notion of oh, let's character who looks like I am be the contest winner. But I thought it was actually a, a pretty good costume. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was. And I don't think it was even that complicated. It was probably like a, a Halloween ninja costume and like a Wagnerian opera mask. Yep. And a, and a hat. No, it was, and the a sword. That hat, was I thought it looked pretty... Right. And a big dollar bill <laughs> bling sign. Yeah, yes. Well, that... I don't think that was part of the official, official costume. Well, that's sad. Sad. That's part, that's part of the And he's like, uh, so, so I should take that off right now. And I'm like, yes. It, it was basically like, I'm just going to say that the other guy wins if you don't take that off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not submitting the, like, the giant dollar bill sign does not actually work as a Rokugan costume. Right, uh, come on, get a, a giant... Kenku, a Kenku ninja apparently really does exist in Rokugan, yeah, so, so you that have to you get can a giant do, but... Koku symbol. Yes, if, yes, if that would be one thing. Well, and the the other contestant was a, a Mantis Magistrate who actually did have... Hmm. He did the pose from questionable... Uh, questionable resources. Questionable that, yeah. resources, yeah. Where, well, you've got the little Koku, and then you've got the bag of, of money. But anyhow, but Trevor was playing Kitsune, and he picked Marihiko. I have to admit, I don't really know if she goes in the deck or not, or how she goes in the deck. There's like this, there's this set of guys. You've got like the bear and the badger, and why is there not a badger token? I remember saying when people complained about that with Seeds of K, and I'm like, oh, don't worry, they'll make sure the badger token shows up in the next set. Nope. Nope. No badger token. Bees. Uh, you've got to have tokens for this deck. Yeah. You cannot follow what is going on with this deck when you don't have the tokens. I guess. That's why you make them. You're just going to make him with Pokemon anyway. It's only yeah. the one guy who, uh, I mean, it's right, only the so one Pikachu thing. Pikachu is the badger. Yeah, so Pikachu is the badger and everybody else is. But but you've got that. You've got, I guess, Kitsuki Gina. And maybe she just, I think it depends on what you're doing with the deck exactly. I think Marihiko and the Cavalry B with a ranged attack is better. I think it's better than the badger. I tend to think I mean, you're distributing the force differently. The force is on Ishigenja. But she's not a non-human. And the Badger Shigenja is a non-human. And I really hope that when I go through the editing, it turns out I'm not mixing up. I, or so many... <laughs> well, you've got to keep track so of the Shigenja po- and the thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you need to pull out your Pokédex to uh, keep track of them all. Yeah, the, but I think the Badger one, I think that's Gina. And 
and I think she's a non-human, and depending on what you're doing with the deck, there may be non-human heroes. I don't know that there really should be, so it may just be that having Marihiko and having the cavalry defense is more important. And, like, the bee doesn't have force, and you'd actually rather have the force right. on the guy, on the, the pud, but I don't know. They get one new spell, which lets you move in your non-humans. I don't want to move in my non-humans. They just assign. Yeah, well, this is better than moving in your humans. Oh, it do, does it does it let you take an additional action? No, it yeah, straight pointless. No, it straightens him, and it does work when you're. I mean, you have to attach it before the battle, but it works from home. Right. But that deck, because it's it's more narrowly focused on the specific things that are like Earth Shugenja and the spirits and whatnot, isn't as completely overflowing with options right. as some other decks are, right. but that does not feel like it should make Never it in. Play? No. Uh, yeah. And then there's Sentinel Spirit, which you can use with this or Lion Ancestors, and it's basically, if you're, I think the idea is that if you're playing an honor deck that is ahead of you, you gain, you have open gain three honor, and if you're playing a military deck, then they have to attack you. You defend with the guy you played it on, and then you gain the two. I don't think that's enough. No. I could be wrong on that one. Anything that just says open and you might just gain some honor without having anything else go on. But that does that deck actually does fight some, so it's not super entirely focused on I mean if you played that on like a courtier and if it was if that was a courtier well, card. I, I think this is more of a lion card. Well, it's spirits, but they're both spirits. Right. So I mean I know art wise it's a lion card, but I don't, I just, I, I, it feels I, I, more like a lion card for me. Well, if anything, it feels more mantis for me because they're more the ones that are focused on the being behind in the honor matchup. Yeah. Because you only gain the three honor. Right. If your opponent doesn't attack you, you only gain the three honor if you're losing. True. Now, you do play it on your opponent's turn, and it does look at the end of the at the opponent's dynasty phase, so it's after they've had the chance to do stuff. Right. So I guess often with honor decks, you might go back and forth, and each of you ends your turn at a higher honor, and so it might. But that's going to be before the proclaim, because this is at the beginning of the dynasty. No, it's yeah, it's after the beginning, so it's before they've proclaimed. Right. But still, I mean, Mantis is the one that more is built. I mean, there's like, well, you've got you know Haruki's Deer gains honor when you're behind, and Duel of Serpents gains right. honor when you're behind. Right. Well, I mean, the, they do the line do have at least one that you get more if you're behind it. Either way, that's not that yeah. I don't think that's but. That deck doesn't feel like it picked up much. It really would cry if it was playing against an honor rockets because it can't. Yeah. Which is, I mean, that's that's always been that deck's big weakness is how do I beat another honor deck? I don't. Yeah. I think it was a great matchup against Dishonor, though. Right. I know in the Ivory Championships, Franklin took the first game of that, and I was surprised. And it's yep. partially because Trevor got a, a bad set of flips. I've seen Trevor play that deck enough, and he just, Smashes dishonor generally, yeah. because as much as we mock it, Rikashi Bazaar actually is actually can be pretty effective. Oh yeah, no, oh, yeah, because totally. especially those. I mean, those dishonor decks. Half the time, laying their battle, they they do have relatively limited battle actions, yep. and their battle actions are often just well increased my province strength. And you're you know you're adding like nine force when you're using that one Rikashi Bazaar. Yep. And the Mantis guys actually come with some force between the guy. That that seven gold does usually get you something like three fours between the guy and the right. and the the Pokemon, but it's kind of a meta choice. Really does not like to see other honor decks, so it may heavily depend on 
what the other meta goes. I think it's very matchup dependent. And it doesn't seem to be popular. I don't think it really goes up any from what Seeds is getting. And if Mantis players didn't really seem to be terribly interested in playing it before, I don't know why they would be now. Yeah, no. Thunder, I've seen a good amount of. The Mantis got the Thunder Dragon. It's amazingly dumbly good. I actually don't think that they complained about it at all. And it's a miracle when a card comes out and nobody of that clan complains about it. It's just stupendous. Like, are you attacking with your Mantis deck? Is it a Blitz deck? If yes and no are your answers, then you're playing with a Thunder Dragon. As far as the more normal Thunder stuff, uh, Moshi Ino is another one of these sort of weird preemptive themes, except this time that effectively the next time your opponent takes an action, it's an action not performed by a Thunder personality, but presumably that's just the next time your opponent does anything, then they have to discard a card or bow the perform. And then you get to take additional... I mean, so it's, it's again, you're just sort of setting up. She doesn't have great force. She's only three for seven, but it's like Rukia in that you can navel and then do anything you want. Yep. yep. And hey, why not? You do still have to take a performed action, because if you play her and then take an unperformed action or do something with some random magistrate that's in your deck, you're going to jack yourself. But I think that she has potential, and that guy has a lot of, that has a lot of guys that are, are pretty interesting. I think that that sort of naval leadoff is, is not shabby. What she, what she can't do that Rukia can is, is splash in every deck in the known universe. Right. So I think she's decent, but I don't know that she excites anything yeah. about she's another way to take additional battle actions if you're playing enlightenment true right she can get the water down faster and then you've got deafening thunder i guess you have your option of a repeat use force reduction or a one-shot force reduction and you get additional action i don't think that's going to make it no. no there's too many other nifty things that that deck does why would i force reduce you when i can just blow you up Pretty much, yeah. So that deck has been around in tournaments. I don't think it's bad, but it's never been one of the highly competitive ones. I don't think, yeah, it doesn't really gain from no. this. I mean, it gets maximal use out of the Thunder Dragon, I guess, because it's, hey, look, it's an actual Thunder card. Right. But, God, the Thunder Dragon is good. Yeah. Oh, yes. Then there's the Magistrates, and so the Magistrate cards really are split into, or the cards I have assigned here are, really split into two piles. All the Magistrate-specific stuff for this set is all about the new box, which I don't like. Not not because it's not good, but because it's annoying. Right. The biggest drawback, of course, is that it's not Kalani's Landing, and Kalani's Landing is ridiculous. So Nobukatsu's okay, not because he's a sensei or because of his traits, but because he's got a solid battle action. He's a little costly for what the battle action does. But four force, nine gold, naval... You want your guys with Aramasu's legacy to be magistrates, and so he helps with that, but you can't rely on that in deck construction. No. That seems to be a common theme with a lot of the, the, with the like with the sensei. Like when you've got sensei that are that really are things about changing your deck construction, and they don't. I don't kind of point this right. That really only works with the old sensei, sensei that started so you out. Make sure it was out. Yeah, yeah, and then your Otomo Uwashi is also annoying. Yeah. Hey, let's double down on the box being annoying. Yeah. I'm very hesitant about lockdown. And to some extent it's not even a question of good or not, it's annoying. Yeah. If it's if it's decent then it'll be annoying. 
It's very much kind of like the, um, well, in some respect, rocket decks, but especially like also the the breeder deck. Like it wasn't that it was just super great; it was just super boring to play against. Too. Yeah, wasn't necessarily that fun to play with either. No. Uh. <laughs> Well, that seems like it'd be more fun to play with. Oh, yeah. Well, it's, yeah. So I shut down your personalities and then I run over your, right. I get to use my navel as many times as possible. And that's, that's the funnest thing. But look, I attack. If you defend, I get to blow your guys up first. Ha ha. That's, that's fun. I mean, I've played with it. It's fun to, like, when navel's on your side, it's fun. When navel's not on your side, it's not. It's not fun, yeah. And then the other pile of cards I have for Mantis Magistrates is basically any strategy that has a gold cost. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And the first one is actually set aside. I mean, you've got dubious resources, which is a strategy to gold, create a follower. I don't think that that nope. should be disregarded. There have been times when that's been good. I don't think that it's actually going to cut the mustard these days. The upside of being able to play it as a battle action is not a big enough difference to make it worth the vastly inferior card that you're getting. Like we said earlier, you would never play with a follower that was three force for two. Yeah, so, I don't know. I don't, uh, urgency, on the other hand, is card draw. What do you think about the meta effect on this? Open. Each player may take only two more non-reaction actions this phase. It would hose the rocket deck. Yeah. Yeah, well, so they get to take one action on their turn. Right. If it's their turn, they get to take an action, then you play urgency, then they get to take two more actions. I mean, they still get three, three actions. I mean, honestly, it feels like... A- but, oh, well, it's well, yeah, honor yeah, and dishonor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You do something, I play urgency. No, you can't den me three times and do this and do that. What is the other thing it does? Limited pay two gold draw card. Which is just free card draw for Kalani's Landing. Yeah, fair. But, but it's really just recycling. It's not even card draw. A card that just said limited draw card, people probably wouldn't play with it, I mean, but they probably should. So in a military matchup, if you draw that card as your end-of-turn card, you can't get rid of that card. You can't cycle it until your own turn. Yes, that's correct. So if it was open, I'd be more worried about it. Limited, I think, yeah, I don't. Hold it I down. don't think it's going to end up getting in. Black Marketeering costs 10. So sort of... So it costs... You actually do have to pay 6 for it still if you're Mantis, but you get so to steal... Effect, yeah. Well, you get to steal someone. Yeah, a unit that costs 10 or less... You get to steal them. And, of course, with you've Mantis, got the gold cost reduction stuff. Which is just... Right. With Mantis, you can actually hit interesting people with that. That you... I mean... Yeah, you might actually be able to hit a guy with an attachment. You still might not, but... You can hit anybody... Like, guys who have any number of created attachments on them. Oh, yeah. you have natural aviary tokens? I don't care. Yep. Oh, I'm really grateful for your reward. Why don't I have some of those? <laughs> You do have to give the guy back, yeah, but I certainly think that that has some use potential. It's not it's not performed, so you can't navel it without you know rukiaing or something. But and then you've got the mantis weapon suite. You've got the comma, which baby can is bad. bad. Well, yeah. and the comma and even bad. Look, this is what we're talking about. The comma costs one. And yes. it gives you three fours. And who cares? Yep. You've got the mant another mantis kensei, because I guess that's going to be a thing maybe now. Attach a weapon in your hand to him, paying all costs. You may take an additional battle action. I like that better when it's on my box. Yeah. Yes. Granted, he's naval, but I like it better when it's on my box. Yep. Yeah. 
but naval and weapons is still a really strong interaction. So oh yeah, totally. I, I, if there if there were more of a mantis na- item deck already, he would slot well, I, right I, in. I, I, but I think there can be. I think that what you will see, I people call it mantis kensei, and I think you may actually have the kensei in it. But I I think there are some mantis decks around that are just mantis item decks because what well, one of the weird things about the weapons is that. You want the weapons to be for the Kensei to some extent. Like, those are supposed to be the weapon decks. But weapons have inherent synergy with naval and with cavalry, neither of which does Kensei have. Right. And so you have to be careful sometimes because, especially like with cavalry, like if you make attachments too good, because unlike followers, you can't limit them by not putting the cavalry kit on them. Like, you can't, maybe comma, maybe you can just put that on unicorn. Right. Well, it doesn't let you solo though. If it was a four fours, for but no, and then you've got the celestial sword of the mantis. Speaking of which, that'll give your guy two fours, or if in, you're in Kalani's Landing, you get to battle just shoot people at light. Well, out of Kalani's Landing, you can sort of for free give your guy six fours or do a ranged eight half of your box gold, or you could play with luxurious silk too. Yeah, this seems okay. If you're not funneling gold into it, you're just getting a extra plus two force, and that's not at all exciting. Right. So there's so many good all like even if you're just playing a weapon deck, there are, right there are so many good eight gold weapons. I don't know. I don't really know. But here's the funny thing: despite the fact how great Kalani's landing is, Mantis don't seem to capitalize. I don't seem to have been able to capitalize on it. Case just crushes the universe when he's playing with Mantis, but and Trevor does well when he's playing Kitsune, but I don't see that deck. I mean, that deck. I mean, when you look at the figures, it just there it just feels. This is this seems to actually be a repeat occurrence with Mantis, where it feels like they should be doing better, and yet they end up not. We all know Kalani's Landing is ridiculous, and we all know you can do ridiculous things, and then you look at the tournament results, and it's like this, and it does not seem to show up in the same way. So, I don't know. I mean, does the new, does the Aramasu's Legacy let Mantis get somewhere? I mean, the other stuff, like Thunder, if Thunder wasn't doing it before, it's not going to be doing it now. Scouts certainly aren't doing it. No. uh, Pokemon are okay. Uh, They are, but nobody, but they weren't playing them. Even they were okay, and they weren't playing them, and they're not getting any better. Right. I don't think. I, I don't expect you to see more honor people playing the Pokemon just because it's an interesting new different honor. Maybe that hasn't caught on in the same way. I guess not. Like, right? Yasuki Dishonor, you see people forcing Yasuki Dishonor, even when it's, if it's clearly not the best crab deck. People right. are really enthused about it. The, the Pokemon, there are some people who like it, and it seemed to get a positive response when they previewed it. Right. But there doesn't feel like there's as much ongoing enthusiasm. Which is weird because it's also a good theme. deck. Yeah, well, I mean, it's got problems. It has the whole. I'm actually. I mean, yeah, tre- Trevor. I know, not that Trevor's actions being different from his words is uncommon, <laughs> but there's very much a. If you feel like you're going to auto lose to honor, I can see not wanting to play that. And I think, and going forward, it may be like, especially if Crane Rocket actually does do something well, you're going to be like, God, I like now I'm losing auto losing to Lion Ancestors, and and I don't know if it's as. Auto loses. I don't right. think it's as auto loses people think. I mean, there are quite a few things that lets you play catch up. It's uphill, but uh, yeah, it really does matter. Like it matters going first, and you're not going first, and it matters that your guys don't just sit there starting with fours. Right. 
uh, and it matters that you start out three points behind. All that matters. Regardless, like it doesn't. Even if it was great, it's not. I don't think it's any better than it was. And they weren't playing it then, so they're not going to play it now. Yep. So I mean, maybe they'll play it because Trevor won with it, but they'll probably won't. They'll probably just be like, "Oh, it was just Trevor." So the really the new thing that people might actually play is Aramasu's Legacy, and so I guess I'm going to hope that Mantis don't get any better because I don't want Great Mantis being annoying dick. I don't want any. I don't want Great Any Clan being the annoying the deck that annoys me. Right. So I'm selfish like that. Right, next up are Lion, because we're basing this on the post-errata uh, TSE environment, and Lion took a big hit. Lion's main strength in the pre-TSE errata environment is that going first is really, really good against Blitz decks. Yep. <laughs> Who knew? Also, going first is really, really good as a Blitz deck. Yes, Lion is great. I actually, if you look in that uh, the kind of silly, shameful state of affairs spider thread... I actually went through some of the, like, like what were clans that were the worst in all the things? Were there? Now, Lion were the worst in... Lion were the worst in one environment, basically. Forgotten Legacy. Why do you think that is? Because uh, Embassy. That's right. The best deck in the pre-errata environment before they nerfed TFT was the deck that always went last and did not care. Yep. And then after that, the best deck was the one that had eight family owner. I don't think it's a coincidence that that was the one environment where Lion were bad. Lion are just good. There were a lot of those environments where Lion was the best deck. Yep. Lion has had a really, really, really good run for the last six years overall. They don't have an, I'm not saying they've always been the best or something, but they have had a really good run. Now, Lion has, has quite a variety of options, a lot of them involving uh, mixing and matching themes and stuff. And a lot of it has been on it lately. You've got Honor Ancestors, you've got Honor Paragons, you've got Missing Honor Ancestors, Honor Paragons. You can play out of that out of Shamanic Keep, you can play that out of the Ancestor box, or you can play it out of the Scout Terrain box, because there are some amazing terrains, and it turns out that drawing cards as a defensive deck playing terrains is still drawing cards, yep. and that drawing cards is good. Who knew? Yeah. So I don't know necessarily where that's going to end up, but certainly the more the better Crane is, the better Lion is, because Honor decks like going first, and Lion laughs at you. Ha 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 And they also got a number of guys that are specifically geared towards their Honor suite. I mean, I think, I have not really seen their Blitz played since the Rata, so that's mostly been mid-range military kind of thing, which sometimes Paragony, sometimes HodgePodge. There are some pretty solid scouts now, including the now the Elite guy is yep. really nice. Over on the straight-up Ancestor side, you have another cheap Shugenja. He doesn't really seem to have any function other than being cheap. I don't know if they necessarily need that or not. I mean, they've got no, plenty no, no, no. of guys. On the other hand, I do... This is something I don't like. You know, I talk about, like, thematically this. The Alliant Ancestor Honor theme, like, does not actually... It's, it's one of those... This does not make sense in the theme of the thing. There are supposed to be a dozen guys in the entire Lion Clan who can actually summon an ancestor. And it it is not something that you do to summon your devoted ancestor to go fight as your right. your pudmog. That's why back at the at the Kote we had the the theme deck that was Kitsuki Spud A. Right. Or not Kitsuki Kitsu. 
and I'm looking at his art, and it's like the one Shugenja, and he's surrounded by the swarm of ancestors, and hell, they've lost... It, it talks about when they came for him, they saw one man. When they died, they had lost count of the spirit warriors. I don't think it meshes with the setting of L5R, either the details or the generics, to have a clan summoning tons of ancestors on a routine basis to fight as chumps. Yeah. These are supposed to be your honored, revered people. Yeah, no, I don't know that that's really either hot here or there or matters, but I was looking at this card earlier and it made me think about that again and the countless numbers. You've got piece of the kami. It looks for a... It's a water shugenja and a spirit. So yeah, lion. Negate all current effects on your personality and then straighten it if it's a spirit. I guess theoretically you could play it as just the effect negation if you were a unicorn deck, but your shugenja actually show up and you don't really care that much about your... I don't see how that gets played. Now what do you think about offering reverence? Do you have enough guys die that you care? Well, it's the event that when it comes... Yeah, yeah, you go every dead guy, you get a they're dead, so now their spirits come up, and it recycles itself back in if you don't have any dead guys. I mean, it's going to be two or three free ancestors, but it seems like maybe when the deck first came out and was having a little bit of problem getting ancestors to get played, I, I don't see it. Well, the now. other thing is, yeah. I don't know, what what's the time frame, what's the window for this where you actually have dead people? Because, like, right, the turn first several three, turns, four. you don't have any dead people. Right. Well, on your turn, Thurn, you... Unless you're playing against a Blitz deck and you defended. Right. It would be turn four or five then. Yeah, I mean, it's a very limited time frame, and it's a time frame where an honor deck does not want that. It wants a guy that it can proclaim. You could dishonor yes. their people and seppuku them. That seems like a really <laughs> bad plan. I had no claims that this was a good <laughs> plan. Yeah, that's the thing. If this gave you even a small amount of honor, I could see it getting played, but right. as it is, right. no. Yeah. Now, over on the, the Paragon side that you might mix with the Ancestors, the big honor guy is Hataka. He does nothing showing up in a fight, but he's effectively a six-personal honor. Right. I guess you lose three if he dies. but And against the Dragon Clan player, he's eight-personal honor, effectively. And that's a lot. Yeah. So, and if you're playing the the Paragon, and if you're just doing the honor thing, you're not as concerned about the battle actions. You don't need, like, dude who gives himself force pumps. I just, I don't see what hole he fills. I don't know what hole there is. I think it kind of depends on what mixture of junk you're doing right. in that deck. But I think he's nice to have as an option. That is, again, that's a lot of honor to gain off of buying a guy. Yeah. Yeah. Even if you don't buy him full, you're still effectively gaining two. Effect- Three, right? Minus one. Oh, is it? Oh. It's minus one. Okay. So it's five or seven. I'm sorry. Not six or eight. But yes, that's still, I mean, right? And that's what you're saying. The crane guy is great because you can proclaim him. Right. He doesn't do anything whatsoever but lets you proclaim a second time. This guy is basically letting you proclaim a second time, but you don't have to pay the extra two. Right. But that's right, seven for five to... rather than four for four. Also, you have to keep him alive. And I guess the Paragons actually do show up. Yeah. yeah. But uh, I think that's got potential to be fitted in there somewhere. I I have a hard time keeping track of where exactly the optimal mix is on the Lion Honor, but I think he's certainly another nice thing to have in their toolbox. On the offensive Paragon side, you've got the experienced Matsukayama, who is really expensive. 
got an above box honor requirement. It's I mean it's not the end of the world for Lion because it's just buying a guy full, but he costs nine and he's above box. So you you know he's he's expensive if you aren't buying him a little bit later in the game, and uh, which you don't want to do anyway because he gives a force bonus, but only to everyone else. I don't know if he's worth it or not. I play the Lion deck and I really get grumpy about the guys who cost nine or ten or even eight and have the above box on a requirement. I need guys I can buy right away. Well, not even right away, but just I need guys that I can buy at the same time as I'm buying two other guys on turn three after I was able to buy two gold and a guy on turn two. Right. I want to be able to buy two gold and a guy on turn two, and this cannot be the guy. I don't know that he's bad, but I I cannot get excited by him. And their military deck, the Paragon military as a Paragon deck, did not really seem to gain anything. It's kind no. of looking at environmental things. Where can I take advantage? Like, if Crane Honor is good, well, does the fact that I go before them give me the extra boost that I need? Nope. I guess the other thing that you can do, I don't know how you can possibly make use of her, but maybe I'm missing it, is the Courtier Sensei. She takes away Cavalry, Commander, Deathseeker, Paragon Scout, and Tactician, and gives them Courtier. Yeah. So you're playing a Courtier deck now. Except what if Courtier you don't... She doesn't take away Shigenja. She yeah. doesn't take away Samurai. She takes away everything you don't care about. Except if you're for playing Cavalry. the Shigenja deck. Yeah. She's a Shigenja uh, person. Really, what she she's in there so you can rhetoric. Yeah. You can slot two of her and the Fetch a Sensei into your into your ancestor deck, and now you can play rhetoric. But your your people still don't have that high of a chi. No. Well, she's a four to start. So well, right. true. I mean, I'm not saying it's the best of plays, but that, yeah. to my mind, is the best play that's why she's in for there. her. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you can actually, I guess, the Shugenja don't lose their Well, shtick. and you get you get access to things like favors and to uh, right. uh, spreading gossip. Not that I think that that really plays those, I'm just saying. You can't load up like that no, on no, Courtier no, no. cards. But playing light Courtiers myself, that, yeah, that gets iffy. I would entirely... Well, I'm not saying again, like all of those. But and Rhetoric, rhetoric is one. a huge card. Yeah, rhetoric, rhetoric is giant. Rhetoric is such a huge card. I would seriously, if I were playing Ancestors, consider two of her, the Sensei Fetch, and Rhetoric's. Yeah, Rhetoric is a bad card. Yeah. Yep. Yes. No, Rhetoric's a bad card when you also, in the same environment, change it so that uh, Proclaiming is an action. Couldn't, couldn't you before? I feel like you could. Well... Either way, you can Either now, way, and yeah. that's ended up being... It's way too swingy a card in those matchups. Way, way too swingy. And those matchups, half the time, can be about, depending on the nature of your deck, can be all about, do I actually draw the five or six cards in my deck that are really relevant in this matchup, right. as opposed to just all, all the battle cards, actions? Yeah. And, that, and that, like I said, that depends on what you're playing. I mean, if you're playing, like, Crane Rocket, you're like, oh, pff, there was only, like... Nine battle actions in my deck anyway. Yeah. There's tacticians. Lion tacticians are bad. I don't see uh, they're like a splash thing at best. And it was to use the tactician box. I haven't seen that in ages. In some other environment, Akoto Michisu would be a superstar. I guess you can't discount the possibility of some cheap lion tactician being used in Blitz or something, but Right, cheap tactician, yeah. And then you've got military promotion, which is the open version thing that gives you elite. So that actually lets you open, assign, win, bowed, gain elite. So it's much better. Yes. Yeah. But you're still not going to play it. No. 
The Unicorns, I think, are the Tactician deck, really. They don't seem like they need that. Maybe they would be willing to play that. I, yeah, I don't think so. But I... I mean, I, I I'd see them before Lion just because I feel like they're... They have better single guy to send in, but... Yeah, yeah I don't and think either one... still sign in Cavalry. Right, that, tr- that too. Yeah. I don't uh, think either one's going to play it, really. The, the Scouts, I have not seen a pure Scout deck, but like I said, I mean, I have seen Scouts mixed I've in seen, with things. I've seen pure Scout. Okay, I haven't, okay, uh, I haven't mid, seen mid-range, pure Scout. Pure mid-range Scout Lion. Yeah, I haven't. I, I've seen mid-range Randy decks is running one. That, well, the the deck of, of of Slavens that I saw was okay. I have not seen a deck. Yeah, I haven't he, seen he, this deck. You may have six or eight scouts in a line mid-range deck. I haven't really seen. No, no, I guess well, I ha- he, or, and I haven't seen someone do well. He, with he, it. he had a rush deck and he had the mid-range scout deck. And the rush deck, uh, blitz deck, was definitely better than the scout deck. But he's like, the scout deck's pretty solid. I, I think. If well, if we're talking about the same deck, I, I think I don't think I think it was, it's like a mix of Paragons and Scouts because it's very close to the deck that Wells won. It was very close to the deck that Wells won Gen Con with. If it's the if it's the deck that Randy had like a month ago, right? Because I think he and I actually had a discussion about how he had taken out Paragons and then added in Paragon actions. And I'm, I don't think you have as many Paragons in your deck as you think you do. It's like, oh yeah. Uh, but you get the new guy, and there are, but because there are a couple of solid, you get the, the two guys that you have really, that are really nice for scouts now, setting aside anything else. The existing ones, you've got the elite guy now, so you've got a, a reasonably costed guy with a reasonable battle action who contributes force even when bowed. And you've got the guy that, if nothing else, says battle destroy a terrain. There's other words on his card, right. but it also says battle destroy a terrain. And that's really handy. And so, but the new guy you get is Brash. Now, granted, Lion, although there's the whole six thing, he costs six, but a four force, four four gold guy is better stats for Lion than it is for, say, Spider, which I think is sort of one of the telling problems when the Lion guy is getting the Lion personality for the deck that always goes first is getting the exact same stats to gold cost as the deck that's always going last. And yes, I know Lion players, your stronghold only produces three. Don't worry, you're your your other gold scheme actually works it out, but why is this dude an acrobat? He's, he's got he, the, he's he doesn't have the keyword sadly. No, no, but but he's got the the oh. sash or whatever wrapped around his oh, legs. Okay, I thought well maybe if he's got the acrobat keyword like that was a winner's choice, but no, he doesn't. But I oh, but he is imperial, so he's the second imperial scout. Congratulations, lion players! This is what you get for winning. The glory donation contest. <laughs> you get AEG basically blowing a raspberry in your general direction. Yeah. Have a nice. I would well, not. It, it was always like, right? It was a terrible prize. Right. You looked at them and were like, what? You get to raise one of the Imperial heirs. And you get to run an Imperial Legion, which you were really running half of anyway, if you're the lion. Have fun with that. I mean, it was, it was a terrible prize. There's a reason why no one really tried. I mean, the lion won it, but the lion won it because they actually were like, we want to make sure that the empire succeeds. And, oh, I guess we'll win the prize too. Uh, no, no one was, there were like no discussions about like, oh, hey, we yeah, should we sacrifice our clan so we can yeah, win this awesome prize. Nope. He's got a decent battle action and brash doesn't matter to a blitz deck. So if you're doing a lion blitz thing and you somehow don't care that he costs six instead of five, I could see maybe some sort of option there, but if you're just if you're actually playing a mid range scout deck, I don't want that kind of. I, I don't know that you don't care about your opponent drawing in a because if I'm giving you two or three extra cards, 
But if I'm just killing you before it matters, I might let you draw into your meta, which is true of the overconfident guys too, but that's really right. the thing that you care about. Right. Do I let you draw into your meta? Because there's tons of cards you could draw that don't really matter. Whereas if it's just mid-range military against mid-range military, every card I still basically th- is I still think matter. that's worse than um than then, Oh, no, it, it is still worse than overconfident. But, I mean, if there's going to be a deck that does not really care about Brash, I would think it would be a Blitz deck. Yeah, well, and he's not even boxable. No. Well, that's that's why one of my things in there, and it doesn't really matter to your deck, which seems unlikely for a line Blitz deck. Right. I don't have a lot of respect for that guy. We've got the Ronin Ambushers, which is a two-for-two two scout that follower that certain that sort of doesn't bow and then keeps on doing that if you have a terrain, which we'll put in Lion, because they have terrains and scouts, and that's never going to be in a deck, so why am I even right. mentioning it? Speaking of terrains and we're scouts... obsessive and we'll mention every card? Well, one of us <laughs> is obsessive, at least. And then you've got Shifting Terrain, which is yet another one of the telegraph your redirection. So this one is a terrain, which is an upside and a downside, mostly an upside for that deck, for the, for the deck we're talking about, although anybody can play it. Now, the advantage that this has compared to a lot of the other ones is that it's a reaction. It gives you a reaction. It's right. not the next time. It it has to be a personality, so it's not Ryoshin's, but it gives you another Benton's or something. I just I don't think this is play because they've got too, for them because they've got too many other really good terrains. Yeah, well they get to put two terrains out, right? Am I blanking on that? Well, right, their box lets them play two terrains. Well, depending yes. on which box they're playing. They have another box. I thought they just had the new one. Well, the planes of gold. I mean, it's still either one. Either one that they're gonna play out of. They still have. I think their terrains are basically set at this point. I, I don't think this overrides. It's, it's hard, but I. I mean, I guess it depends on. It's like redirection. Style. Redirection yeah. doesn't suck. No, but you're still using up. A, you're using up a battle action for your redirection. Well, and, which is an enormous difference. Well, and the other yes. thing is, you they don't typically want their terrains to stay out because they have a whole bunch of I blow this up. That has to stay out for it to work. Well, I mean, well, yeah, until but it's as soon as you, you can use, use it, well, relatively use it yeah, quickly, yeah. and then you uh, pop. But it. yeah, it's not automatically defunct. Yeah, there's a lot of the terrains now that are really just it comes into play and does something. Which I I actually got to use the uh, oh, thick marsh. Against Coop's Kino Oni deck because he reacts to being targeted by a battle action, so I actually got to bow him. In other circumstances, I might feel like I was being unfair by doing that because sometimes I feel like the terrain trait targeting is, but since his deck, the whole point of it is if it works, is wow, this is really unfair. Yep. I didn't really feel bad. Nope. Sorry, Coop. Yeah. That was pretty clever, though. That's something I haven't seen anybody else do. What? The deck that he was doing with the oh, yeah, yeah. key recycling. I mean, certainly, there's been plenty of. Crane Oni, but that's a different sort of Crane Oni. So, yeah, there's Lion. I don't know. Maybe their honor decks get better. Well, now we are to the those yellow-bellied fellows from the mountains. So does anybody think that Monastery of the New Thought's going to get the job done for monks? No. Jay? Not really. I no, mean, neither do I. I. I played the pre-release. It was fun, but I yeah, I don't it, see it. I think unsealed. Monastery of New Thought should be a viable box, but I think the the base for that deck is is too far back. Uh, I think yeah. I think that Monastery of th- New Thought is the, definitely the fate support just isn't there. Yeah, I, I think the Monastery of New Thought is definitely better than Pillars of Virtue. Although Pillars of Virtue does actually get a good keyho for it in this. Well, again, the the I issue think. the issue is that is the fate support. 
Or and Pillars of Virtue is significantly more contingent on the, the fate support and, than uh, Oh yeah, the Kehoes have just been god-awful for right. the most part. Monastery Duta, obviously, it's trying to get around the, okay, we're going to print another guy who has fire tokens, and we're going to... And there are a couple of really good cards that you have to have fire tokens. Although I... Honestly, I think in other circumstances the box would find, I don't think you really need to destroy the fire token on it. Let me target a fire token. Right. Like the deck or, has I mean, enough issues. D- do like with a couple of the other boxes where it's melee four or five if you blow up the fire token, or even five six. Your guy can be bowed, hmm. so that's a plus. You've got the one fire token personality who's got okay stats, a four force for eight, and he's got a good battle ability because targeted enemy card without attachments, bow it, destroy if it in attachment is actually still a good yeah. ability. Yeah. So, uh, you know, you're certainly not minding seeing them. They have brought back... I think there have been a reasonable number of Dragon players who said that they liked this. I don't, but oh well. They've brought back a tattoo that sticks around in Fire in Dragon Tattoo. And so that just gives your guy plus one force permanently, and then he has the ability to boost himself. Seems really bad. Meh, at yep. best. Yes. Mild force increase without protection. Right. I'd be a lot more enthused about that if the box hadn't come out. If the, if that card had come out several sets ago... Well, because it's another way for the guy to go a fire right, token. To get fired. Now, for the old box, you do have... I mean, you're just grappling the snake. And this is, I guess, the monk version. <laughs> yes. Insert your own uh, joke here. Uh, uh, so, grappling the snake is the monk version of one of these preemptive things, because... You choose your guy, and the next time your opponent targets him, you can either negate the effects on your monk, or bow bow a unit that performed that action. Now, that's good, except that they can still just nuke the rest of your army. Yes. Now, if only you had a monk Yojimbo, so you could play the Yojimbo one, then this one, Well, and then it you, would and, still be bad. And, and the reason you want it to be good is because it's actually a keyhole that says take an additional action. Which means if you play it with Fillers of Virtue, you can actually follow up with two actions. Yep. The problem is, I really want the card that says take an additional action to do something that I like more. And some people have really liked this. If you have a solo monk, so this may be, and I we failed to mention, this may just be better in Spider Monk, where you can be like, oh, this is my one guy who's soloing your province. Right, I mean, the, there's something to be said for grounding your lightning rod units. That That's not a horrible thing to do. Yeah, but and it's probably worth playing in that deck, because we've got junk all for Kiho to play anyway in right. the deck. Yep. But, and then the final monk guy is Noboru, who I don't like any more than I liked last time I talked about him. I hate the brass keyword. Yeah. His stats are meh. Plus, t- plus his nipples glow. Well... I think that the... Wait, is the, that positive or negative? The art is weird. Well, I think... I <laughs> yes. Think, I think yes, people okay. have spoken positively. I think it's supposed to be like you're seeing a tattoo activate, which I think actually works. Is it activated by him pointing and laughing at you? <laughs> he's... Well, he's, yeah. Well, I think I think you could be... Uh, the, it's very emphatic with the finger. I think that's a matter of taste. I tend to like... It's different. He's in your face in a sort of way. What I don't like about the fact is that the entire personality is on half the card and the other half is just like his, his sleeve, his sleeve, and a background, which I think really drags down that art. 
I think monks get better from this, but I think it's just a question of oh, do monks get do monks get to be like I don't cry when I take them to a tournament? Yeah. As opposed to do they get good? Right. They have way too much hole to dig out of. We've got Kensei. Now Kensei is very interesting because there may be another one, but certainly out of the fact out of the themes, Kensei has been the one that has had the biggest crushing drop. I mean, they were one of the top decks, at least the top, let's probably top three decks, if people would probably say top two decks, during the base environment. When having this really hard-nosed, mid-range military deck with these big expensive attachments was really effective at stomping these other mid-range military decks. And then everything got blitzy, and they got awful. Prior to the errata, Kensei in the Shadows Embrace environment were atrocious. And that is a heck of an environmental drop. On the other hand, they did get two new good personalities in this set. Huken is ridiculous. Michi is good. The deck really does want more ways to deal with Sent Home. It like depending on their builds of that. There were some builds. I mean, you did, like back in Emperor, your builds were that were like, "You favor me home. Uh, do I have a no no fear? Okay, then I just cry as my giant unit goes yep. away because all the Kensei specific stuff was focused on straightening you. So it's nice to have the guys who come in. Although Jay taught me today that reminded me today that you know you still like to be able to straighten your giant units. You bum. <laughs> yes. Hopefully. Yes. So, but you know, no Hukin is Hukin is great, including the fact that he can just this Hukin can straighten himself. Not that the new Hukin, not that the old Hukin was bad. So I think what you you have with Kensei is really an environmental question. Is this an environment where a solid mid-range military deck that is focused on expensive attachments can succeed? And I don't know if it is. I don't think it. I think that there's a good chance that it's not. I think it's hard to really say that in advance. There's still you can play crab blitz, which well, at least this goes just, second. There too. wasn't anything in the set. You can still play fast. That you could... slowed down the environment that I could see. I mean, the environment only got faster. It feels like the main speed up in the environment is is if Crane on a rocket ends up being good enough. Because that's adding another just really fast deck and one that you go second to. I'm not really willing to shut down. And I know Dragon players were enthusiastic when they saw these. I and I and they're it's really good I mean, Hookin especially is amazing. He's a card in another environment that I'd see and be like, What were you thinking? Actually, if the deck if this was still a good deck I'd look at this and they're like, what were you thinking? Right. If you're in a matchup where you're a deck that actually you're trying to play a mid-range all against, you're going you're gonna to look at Hooken XP and be like, that card is unfair. Yeah. Battle open, straighten himself, and battle, and he can move himself in, and both. Or he can run away. That's all sorts of stuff. But it, it's ultimately going to come down to, can I possibly be Temple of Purity? I hate playing against Temple of Purity with Kensei. It is so hard to keep up. You either have to like give up attacking early or else dump a bunch of gold on attachment. And this can be true of the Scorpion. This is true of the Scorpion Disarm as well with the high province rate. Or dump so much gold on attachments that you cripple your economy. And so, oh, I take a province, but I have no ability to buy reinforcements, and so I'm never going to be able to finish the job. It just... Well, I really don't like playing against Dishonor with Kensei generally, now that I think about it. It does not seem to go well. So, another sort of Kensei-adjacent cards. You've got Tomori Takeshi, who 
I'm sorry, Hector, but there's something very, very wrong with this guy's wrist. <laughs> His yeah. right arm is, I don't know, is he hallucinating, maybe? Yes. He is an incense master, after yeah. all. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's a really strong ability. Hey, they just made incense legal in Colorado. <laughs> and Washington. Yeah. Anyhow. <laughs> I know people are really excited about him. I He may require rethinking what your utility guys are. The thing with the Dragon Kensei deck is you really, that when that deck was really humming, you're like, I have Hukin, just, who just sits at home and straightens guys. And then I have Yamazaki, who mostly just sits at home and straightens my holdings so I can pay for my weapons. And then you've got Takeshi, who really just sits at home. At least he's cheap, though. And so I don't know how many you can fit in there, but that's a really strong ability to have a super unit, and his actions can't be negated. On the other hand, sometimes that does nothing whatsoever. Yes. Very interesting. Yes. But I don't know if he's as good as some people think he is. Of course, I'd love it if he was great. Come on, somebody. When I get home tonight, tell me that somebody won a, a big op- tournament opening weekend with Kensei. I like playing Kensei when they're good. I think it's a fun deck. I've been playing with Kensei for large swaths of the time since they came out, even when they were really bad at the when they first started existing. Celestial Sword of the Dragon, it gets you a ring. It's hard to argue with getting a ring and putting it into play. Rings are really strong. Actually, while we're talking about putting rings into play, starting the path is really, really good. Yes, yes it is. Especially if you've, I mean, if your deck already had a couple rings in it. And it's not like the ring cards are bad. I mean, ring of Air has issues because there's all these random actions that are just better than it. But Ring of Water is great and is not hard to get out. Ring no. of the Void is always card draw. I hear when people are blitzing you, Ring of Earth or, is really good. Or, just or when generally. you're blitzing with a deck, Ring of Earth is really yeah. good. And Ring of Earth isn't bad. Yeah, to begin with. And Ring of Fire can be really winning. fantastic, too. So, I think, I mean, it's very easy to take a deck and put four rings in it. Yep. And yep. starting the path potentially lets you put two out. I mean, that's kind of, you know, really Lucky, hoping. Yes. But, yep. I mean, if you could just be like, oh, starting the path. Oh, look, it's the Ring of Void in my hand. <laughs> yep. I think that has the potential to get a lot of play. Yeah. Or you, you have that amazing... Flip it on the first turn, and then you get to border keep it away. So you aren't losing the province production. Yeah. So, the one dragon, the dragon deck that I've seen most, well, okay, the dragon stronghold, the only dragon stronghold I've really seen have success in the TSE environment is Dragon Breath Castle. I'm not sure how much that's been to Mori. Uh, it always used to house Kitsuki, and now it's been housing Faceless, but the reaction's really good when people are trying to blitz you under and that sort of thing. I like Tomoko. She's got two abilities that she gets to use while sitting from home. On the other hand, the Earth's strength, I don't know, it only gains you one honor. And it straightens my guy. It seems like people more often send your guys home. And it does stop that too, but only after it's already on the guy. I don't know how much you get with that. It's just... It seems like there's got to be better cards than straightening your defending Shugenja. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, it does it helps to stop get ready. Uh, helps to stop them from getting rid of your presence, but it's really not worth. It. You just have to have dropped it down on the guy, and it only stops when you defending with that one guy, and then they know it's there. Yep. If you could react and then drop it down, and then react and play it like that one Mantis spell, like the one Thunder spell does. 
I think that would be better. And then the Katsuki, the only relevant Katsuki card I think that we haven't talked about is the actual Katsuki personality. Do you think she's worth the overconfidence? She's an above no. box cheapy. She's got a four personal honor and you don't have a lot of those, but I don't think she's worth the card. No. No. I, I just don't. Not for a one three courtier duelist for five four personal honor. No. That deck gets you can play with sharing gossip if you want, because you've got courtiers, you can play with the card draw dishonor people, which you don't really need a lot of help dishonoring people in that deck, but hey, it's card draw. But I haven't seen Kitsuki lately. They just don't get it done. Their box in the current environment, Watchful Eye Dojo has just ended up being a bad stronghold. Even when Kitsuki were doing well half the time, or doing like decently back in Emperor Base, half the time it was out of Dragon's Breath Castle. Right. I think Dragon's success in Seeds will depend on Dragon's Breath Castle, and it will depend on the possibility that the environment shifts such that Kensei is actually good. Because it's now slower and there's more, it's more focused on mid-range decks than really, really fast stuff. That's probably true of any large attachment deck, I think. That's, uh, you know, right now it seems like the primary role of large attachments is to cavalry around people with them or something. Yeah. Okay, Phoenix. We said earlier that you can play every theme out of Phoenix except for Sheba, so let's start with the Sheba. You get Ceaseless, Ceaseless Vigil that we talked about before, and you get Iamiko, minus four fours to somebody, and if that reduces them to zero, you can target and destroy a card without attachments in the target's unit. So you can destroy any naked personality with four fours or less. You can give the personality minus four fours and destroy a token attachment as long as the personality's got four fours or less. Uh, if if they have a big spell or a big weapon, you're unlikely to be reducing them down. But that's okay. It's really nice against the Lion. They have lots of 4-force guys who have 1-force yep. uh, attachments on them. She's only 3-force, though. She's the 3-4 instead of the 4-3. So mm-hmm. what do you guys think about her? And I don't think that there's any dispute that this is not that Shiba are just going to stay in the no-one's-going-to-bother right pile. Right I think I like that ability more than I like would like a melee range attack because it's a, at worst case scenario it's the same as a ranged four, but it has more versatility in that oh, your berserkers my range four would be worthless, but I can shrink you a little. But yeah, no, I not not what the deck needed. She's I think she's decent. But... Okay, I have extend the soul's boundaries here. Now this is repeat use. But we seem to think that things that say battle, you can take two extra actions, are generally not worth it. Assuming you have a Void Shugenja, because if you don't have a Void Shugenja, that card is atrocious. Does the possibility of being able to use it repeatedly make it worth doing? No, because it's Battle the Shugenja. Oh, no, no. You Battle the Shugenja, yeah. Yeah, if he's he's Void, you don't have to blow him up. If he's Void, you have to blow him up. And I guess your opponent has the option of letting you shuffle their unit back in, but presumably you're usually getting the two battle yeah, actions out of that. Because it has a potential gold cost, I say no. Yeah, I don't think so. It's really weird. Like That seems like something you'd want in a ring deck, but you're not going to get void in a ring deck, typically. Not with enough regularity, no. No. Okay, now the Inquisitors. 
Uh, you have the rather creepy-looking uh, Asako Kijo. You've had some sort of Inquisitor deck or another together for the entirety of the arc. Yes. Did you put what did you put in your Inquisitor deck from this set? Fate cards. He does not go in. Well, yeah, but okay. Because, uh, Which? What fate cards? I don't. You don't remember? Remember okay. the names of them off the top of my head? <laughs> the magistrate one that says dishonor one or two and draw card. Ingenuity. Yes. Um. And the oh hey you don't actually get to proclaim reaction. This turn, yeah. Yeah. Turn the story. Yes. Yeah. I assume scent of dishonor has not been something that you bother with. Is that the spell? Yeah. Yeah, no. Elemental destruction. You've got the uh, already eradicated Asawa <laughs> Momoko. Oh, well, totally had to be eradicated. Yes. Yes. It's She's so unbelievably less impressive now. They're, right. Like, there really aren't that many. I know we guess we just talked about one, but there really aren't all that many spells that have a cost of Bow the Shugenja, it doesn't feel like. Nope. I've got a Phoenix deck. None of my spells, they bowed themselves, so I guess it means I don't have to bow the spell, but what do I care if I don't have to bow the spell? It, right. It, it, it's already used its ability. It, it doesn't matter. And so she's just five fours for nine, which is not an attractive ratio. Yep. I don't know. I mean, there may be combos where... I mean, she is base fire, so you can use the master to throw her at people. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yep. Anytime. She's like also this. base fire, so immolation is slightly less atrocious when you yes. uh, put Still it. bad, but... Yeah. Now, what about Sutengu's Path? You've got that possibility here, or a poss- it's just a spell for zero, make your guy navel. Yeah, I could totally see slotting two of those into the deck if I've got room, just because, you know, navel's pretty quality. Yeah. And while we're on that, we've also got Manipulate Energies with on the Henshin side lets you permanently give someone... Cavalry, naval, or tactician, or remove it from them. Which is funnier. Yes. Probably less effective, but funnier. Do you do that? Do you use. Because Sutengu's path also gives you protection. Yes. Uh, the Henshin Blitz loves that. Oh, hey, early game, I'm a cav, I'm on a horse, I'm a tactician. Late game, hey, why not I'm naval. naval, yeah. Yeah, and it. Yeah. I'm on a boat. Yeah, I'm on a boat, yeah. <sighs> Uh, but no, I, I have that on my iPod. We will not be playing it uh, during this episode. And not even for the reason that, the obvious reason. Which one's the obvious reason? That is every other word is a vul, is oh. a vulgar. It's not quite that bad, but you know, Flipper's doing tricks. And- but more importantly, of course, if I were to broadcast it and they were to notice, then they would send me a bill for a couple thousand dollars. Right? It's oh. that the digital. Up to eight uh, seconds. Well, I don't know that that counts as playing the song, but I, I guess I was thinking, like, if we actually played the song. Oh, yeah, no, no, but no. But I actually you looked at... You only need that six-second clip anyways. I actually, I actually looked at this at one point when I we ended up having... There was some actual music on, and then it went away because people just liked the sort of chimes and, and stuff better. But the per-download cost for a song, it was unbelievable like because i think partially because it didn't matter like if you were a 17 hour podcast that was all music the cost was exactly the same as if you were a one hour podcast that played one song it was just based on the number of downloads you have and i'm like that's oh no especially since i don't think our audience would really care another i guess an actual overlap is you've got another version of chicago why why He's 
Look at that ability! Look at that ability! Oh yeah. I mean, that's the the battle ability. I mean, the limited you may or may not have, but the battle ability, that's amazing! I think you have that a lot... I think you have this limited a lot more now than you used to. Yeah. For example, if you start the path... I also like the sort of thematics of starting a false path. Or, or what? See, just because I interjected path and they're starting the path is... It's the Fudo. When you look at the the, the art of it and such. And, and probably the flavor text. But, like, you feel like you're making easy progress on the path of enlightenment. But really, of course, you're making no progress on the path of enlightenment. Actually, in game terms, you've just prevented yourself yes. effectively from achieving enlightenment. I think that's pretty good. And anybody who questions whether or not Fudo is a good thing, you've got also then Fudo's Temple, which makes you lose honor. Does Online play that? I haven't really seen people get excited about that. But I was looking at that again. I'm like, it's free gold. Yeah, no, totally. I would... Yeah. Free gold! I mean, I, I, I've I been trying to, me some I've free been, gold! My brains have been going around trying to figure out, how do I jank uh, this? Uh, honestly, for my own amusement, I kind of want to build an unaligned deck with that and the new Fudo Sensei, just so I can be like, I'll buy my free holdings for a card, sure. <laughs> Probably not the effect of a most. I'll use, say, because, but... I mean, you look at Fudo, and I, I remember Corrupt, Corrupt Gold being pretty good, hmm? and granted you... Right, you can't... You, if you buy those on the first turn, you don't get them until your third... Yes. But... Still. But still. Free gold. But that's a deck. I mean, right? If you look at, like, Ornitov's on a line, they're like, you're playing, like, 14, 6 gold holdings because you always want your second turn to be, I buy two 6 gold holdings. I mean, which sort of exemplifies the how you, to some extent, don't care about what you're buying with them on, like, that you can't buy anything on the second turn. It, I guess it could also be an issue because... If you really think you need 14 six gold holdings, are you going to take them out for these? Are you going to go to 17 You know, you can't holdings. you can't go to 17. I don't think you can go to 17 holdings. So that could be an issue. But the other unique for the henshin is Rakate, zero someone out, kill them if they're a berserker. There's a reasonable <laughs> number of guys with more. Hey, I think zeroing out someone's he's got meh. His stats are not great. Like we said, 5 force for 9 is not great stats. But Zeroing someone out and possibly and, and killing guys with low chi is not shabby. How about Juko? Is he? I mean, he's a five-two effectively. If if nothing else, you can turn large things like berserkers into small things as an open. Right. It's actually he gets to do his and the other guys too. So it's not like you even have to to choose. And it seems like there's potential there. Uh, yeah, yeah, I know he's not. Does. I don't know how much he matters for the Blitz particularly, but he can play defense, he can play offense. Henshin got a lot, not for the Blitz, but for more a normally Henshin deck, which you could still play out of Temple of Purity because the box is dumb. Yes. I don't know how much their other stuff got. It's all a little bit. It's all at least incremental, but it was all really good to begin with. Yes. So I still think that Phoenix are going to do well. Yep. One would think. You've been listening to Strange Assembly. You can download more episodes of Strange Assembly on iTunes or from our website at www.strangeassembly.com. While you're at our website, you can check out the frequently updated main page or talk with us on the forums. You can also email me directly at chris at strangeassembly.com or 
You can follow Strange Assembly on Facebook or Twitter. Strange Assembly, either place. Thanks for listening. I think you're right. Having uh, brash and overconfident Chris, are we re- is recording this. Yes. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I didn't even know we were recording this. I didn't even say we were starting. He doesn't. He just starts recording. Well, <laughs> have you not noticed? Sorry, this already? I, I, the thing pinches your head.